So we begin today with a series and a message today, Discover the Holy Spirit series, a message entitled The Body of the Holy Spirit. And we're not going to get very far today. This is an introduction and maybe a strange one, but I just feel so ordered of the Lord, and I don't say that to convince you, but uh, we're going to go on. We're going to go on this Holy Spirit venture, and we're going to go to Luke's Gospel, chapter sixteen, and verses nineteen through twenty-three, that says this. Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now, pay close attention here, now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And Abraham's bosom, by the way, is a place of comfort where the righteous dead await the coming of the Lord. You see, just little side note, when we die, when our body lays down, somebody said, do we get our new body right then? I don't believe so. I believe that our glorified body comes on the second coming and somebody said, well, do we go to heaven? And even that, you can say, well, what do you mean by heaven and, and where do we go? Here's what I do know for sure, because the Bible supports this, that if I died today, this body laid down, and my flesh dies, that I would be in the presence of the Lord. That's what's important, that we would be in the presence of the Lord. And the Bible teaches, I believe, that we are waiting for the coming of the Lord and the time of we getting our new glorified bodies that are made and fit for eternity. I call them our extraterrestrial suits. And until then, we don't have them. But there's a place in the presence of the Lord, a place of comfort. So we'll go back to our scripture now. Carried away. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. Question. I want to ask you, I'm just going to ask you, and you can just holler it out if you want to. Who did the rich man see far away? Anybody? Saw Abraham. But Abraham, now, now check this out. Abraham, track with me, Abraham is dead. In other words, Abraham died. His body went into the grave. And yet the rich man now sees, and we know Abraham doesn't have his new glorified body. But Abraham is dead, so who is it that the rich man saw once Abraham died? Secondly, the rich man said that he saw Lazarus. You're right, whoever said Lazarus. Lazarus had been buried and his arms were folded and his feet could not walk. And yet it said the rich man saw Lazarus. The question becomes, 
Who, who was it that he saw? It said Lazarus, but his body was dead. Who did he see? We're going to examine this morning what the rich man was seeing when he saw Lazarus and Abraham. In the transfiguration of Jesus, Peter, James, and John could literally see the glory of God as sunlight poured through Jesus. And this is recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17. I want to look at it with you. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. Now, for you that... I'll just finish it, and then I'll say, And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Now please understand, Jesus, this is between the resurrection but before the ascension, and Jesus takes them up on this mountain. Here's the picture of Moses, imagine this, on the Mount of Transfiguration. And here's this picture of Moses, Elijah, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. And Jesus had just said in the last verse of the previous chapter, Matthew chapter 16, in the last verse, Jesus had just said that some of them would not die before they saw the kingdom. He was not speaking about the millennium. He was talking about a sneak preview they would have into the kingdom that we just read. Six days later, Jesus takes them up, Peter, James, and John, and here's Elijah with them, and here's Moses. And six days later, Jesus pulls back the curtain and he says, Look in, guys. I want to show you a sneak preview of what my kingdom looks like. What was it? Now, think about this. Are you all tracking with me okay so far? Are we trying? All right, hang in there with me. Peter, James, and John were there in their physical bodies. Jesus takes them up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John went up with him just like we would go with him in our physical bodies. All of you here today are in your physical bodies. It would be weird for you if you came here today without your physical body. Oh, who's that sitting beside you? Their body's not here, Justin. That'd be a little weird, wouldn't it? So Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, and they're with him, with him in their physical bodies. Jesus was there. Now, this is after the resurrection. Jesus was there with them in his glorified body. Since this was after the resurrection. Elijah was there and not yet in his glorified body. Jesus' physical body was the only body that was glorified and didn't need a new body. Jesus' body, when he rose from the dead, he was in his glorified body because he never sinned. Therefore, Jesus 
doesn't need a new body. You and I are going to need a new body. He doesn't. He never sinned. I believe the only thing that held Jesus in the grave was just the time when it was time for him to come out to fulfill prophecy because I believe that death couldn't hold him because he never sinned. And sin is what brings death and Jesus never sinned. We're going to see Jesus in his glorified body someday, folks. And I believe in all of eternity we're going to see the nail prints in his hands. A reminder of the price that God the Son paid for your redemption and for mine. So Peter, James, and John are there in their physical bodies. Jesus is in his glorified body. Moses and Elijah, they're not in their glorified body. And they're certainly not in their physical body. So what body are they in? Part two next week. (laughs) The Bible teaches that our bodies will not be glorified until the second coming of Christ. Moses was not in his physical body and he was not in his glorified body. But the Bible says he was there and they saw him. And they talked to him. And he heard them. And Moses talked to them. I just read it to you. So Moses had ears, a tongue, a mouth, and a body. So when they saw Moses, what did they really see? When they saw Peter, James, and John, we know they saw their physical bodies. When they saw Jesus, they saw his physical body, which became glorified because he never sinned. But in my study, it would appear that regarding Elijah and Moses, we got a third type of body going on here. We see that in the great resurrection chapter of the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There's one little sentence that we might often overlook, and this can change your life this morning. And it's found here in 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44, and it says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body perishable body it is raised an imperishable body it is sown in dishonor it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body if there is a natural body there is also a spiritual body paul says there's a natural body And there's a spiritual body. Do you agree that the Word of God says that? Some of you are saying that spiritual body is the glorified body when we get resurrected. No, Paul says there is a spiritual body. He did not say say there's going to be a spiritual body someday. He says there is. At this particular time, Jesus Christ was the only person who had been glorified. Moses, Abraham, and the rest are waiting for the second coming. The physical body is that which you can see. It's the home for the soul. The Bible said that God breathed into Adam the breath of life, 
And Adam became a living soul. It said that Adam, Adam became a living soul in his body. That means our flesh is a body for the house of the soul. Your body, your physical body, is a house for your soul. Your will, your mind, your emotions, your soul. Now, wait a minute. Because one day there will be a glorified body. But right now, today, there's a spiritual body too. So, I'm going to see if I can draw this and you can see it on the screen. I'm not sure how this is going to work because we didn't try it out. My bad. Let's see here. Try to make that. Is it showing up on the screen at all? I don't do this very often, do I? So let's see here. I'm not much of an artist. Now let's call this a donut. That, this circle out here represents your body. Let's say it represents my body that you see up here on this platform, this amazing, marvelous hunk of physical... Well, this blob that you see up here. This body has the main purpose of carrying my soul. My soul is, you got it, our will, our mind, our emotions. Genesis 2.7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. The flesh, you see, you see we have a body within a body. Number one, the flesh is the body of the soul. The flesh is the body of the soul. Secondly, the soul is the body of the spirit. So, body, soul. Just as our soul lives in the flesh, our spirit lives in our soul. So whether you've recognized this or understood it, and some of you get it already, some of you have not heard this before, what we're saying here, most people get that our body is the house for the soul. This morning, we want to teach you that you have a spirit body, and the soul is where your spirit body lives. Just as our flesh is a real body which carries the soul, the soul is the real body which carries our spirit. That's what they saw when they saw Moses. That's what the rich man saw when he saw Abraham. He did not see Abraham or Lazarus in their glorified bodies. And he did not see earthly, fleshly bodies. But he saw their spiritual body. So here's 
a point. You and I today are nurturing two bodies. We have the fleshly body, which carries the soul, and we have our spiritual body, which carries the spirit. The glorified body is yet to come. An important verse is found in Hebrews 4 and verse 12 that really helps us get this. And it says this, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The third point I want to make is that the soul cannot be recognized by physical senses. Now, let me explain this. Just because you and I cannot see something here this morning does not mean it's not there. Scientists tell us now that if they could speed matter up, to the speed of light, which I understand is 186,000 miles per second. If they could speed this Bible up to 186 miles per second, it would disappear. It'd become invisible. Now, I don't know how you'd do that. And I'm thinking, of course, it'd become invisible because it'd be going pretty fast. <laughs> and all they'd have to do to make my Bible visible is just slow it down. The problem is, they've never been able to speed something up to that speed to check it out. But the Bible says God is light in 1 John 1, 5. And if God wanted to make something invisible or visible, I think we could all agree here this morning, if God is who he says he is, and we believe he is God, the, creative, the creator God of the universe, that if God wants to make something invisible... He probably can handle that just fine. Scientists also say that matter is spiritually manifested. For instance, when I use my muscle in my arm here that they use on Max Muscle commercials, <laughs> I'm hurt when you laugh at me that way. <laughs> My arm is manifesting the intensity to punch Justin out on the front row. When I, when I hoop and holler, it's a manifestation of the joy that I feel inside. Do you understand? So the body is given to us as a means of manifesting and revealing what is in the soul. The soul is given to us as a manner of revealing the spirit. For inside the soul there is something that lives just like the soul lives in the body. The spirit lives in the soul. And when we need to make a decision, our spirit, which is alive to God. You see, you got to understand, when you're truly born of God, when you're saved, your spirit before you were saved, was dead to God. It was alive, or you wouldn't be here, 
but it was dead to God. And when you were truly saved, your spirit became one with God just like that. Your spirit became one with God. It means sanctified. Your spirit at salvation became completely whole and in unison with God. Sanctified. Being sanctified. Your will, your mind, emotions, you may have gotten saved and your spirit be totally set apart for God. But your soul is another thing. People come down and they truly are born of God and are saved. They might walk back out of here and not much in what we can see has changed yet. Why? That's a process. Our soul, our will, and our mind, and our emotions are sanctified by the daily washing of God's Word. That's why we must be in His presence, be in His Word, allow His Spirit to speak to us, to change our mind, to change our mind to think like God, to begin to conduct ourselves as God's people on the earth. That's a process. And how about the body? When's your body going to get sanctified? It's not. That's why it's got to die. It's going down. That's why Paul says you have to buffet the flesh. Keep it under subjection. Can't let your body lead you around. You got to tell your body. That's why you're going to get a new body, one made and fit for heaven that is sanctified and totally set apart. Until then, we buffet the flesh. The soul is given to us as a manner of revealing the spirit, for inside of the soul there is something that lives. Just like the soul lives in the body, the spirit lives in the soul. When we need to make a decision, you see, when we need to make a decision, when you go out here today and you've got to make a decision in your life, your spirit always votes with God. Always. It always goes with God. Your body votes for what it wants and what it craves called mortal flesh has a stench to it don't it just the name it rarely goes with God the flesh only knows what it craves and what it desires because of sin that came into our world our flesh doesn't want to have much to do with God our spirit is one with God always votes with God. Our body craves the things that it craves. So where is the deciding vote? Your soul is your deciding vote. And how you feed your soul and how your soul is renewed 
and the work that you allow God to do in your soul as it's sanctified and set apart and able to hear from God will usually cast the deciding vote So our soul becomes very important. And how we feed our spirit, body, our soul, which is our will, our mind, and our emotions is very important in God getting his way in our lives. You say, Pastor, I... Pastor, I want to live the life God's planned for me. If you're saved, I know you do, because your spirit is connected with God. But pastor, my flesh is weak. I know it is. Hey, in your body, without what's going on here and here, we're just talking about your body. I don't want to overstate this. You're a mess. What makes the difference? is what is the soul feeding on? Because the soul is the real you. Number four, I want to just say that the soul is, your body is not the real you. I want to just tell somebody that this morning. Your body is not the real you. If God would let you see through a sense that the body does not have, we would understand this so clearly this morning. Our physical body, you understand, only has a few senses, right? We've, we've, we've noted five major senses that our physical body has, and, and they are what? They are what? I don't know the order. Sight, touch, hearing, smell, taste. Our physical body only has a few senses. But there are spiritual senses that our spirit has and our soul will understand if we feed our soul the word of God. When Jesus was on the, now now check this out, when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus, the Bible says that Jesus was there, two men were walking and Jesus was walking there beside them. They didn't see him. Didn't mean he wasn't there. And it is said there in the word of God that their eyes opened and they saw Jesus. They could see him. Now in 2 Kings chapter 6, when Elisha was surrounded by the enemy, I don't know if you remember this story, and it's okay if you don't, but the enemy had been stalled every time they fought because Elisha was hearing from God and he would intercept their plans every time. So the enemy had surrounded the city where Elisha lived and his servant came out and he said, Elisha, we are surrounded by the armies of the enemy. And Elisha's reaction was basically this, so what? He wasn't scared. He wasn't in fear. I mean, his servant is saying, we are surrounded by the enemy. We're surely going to die. Elisha, what are we going to do? And Elisha says, so what? Why? Elisha could see something his servant couldn't see. Elisha said, Lord, open up his eyes and let him see. 
And God gave that servant a spiritual sense that he did not have, and he saw through a sense that the physical body does not have. And when he, his eyes were opened to things that his physical body could not see, the servant looks around, and it's a whole different picture. He saw horses and chariots in the heavens that were protecting God's man. I want to tell you that if we had spiritual eyes to see, if we could just peel back for a moment like Jesus said, I'm going to peel back and give you a sneak preview of what's really going on in here. I got a feeling if we could just peel back here for a moment, we'd see angels in here. We'd see spiritual manifestations that that we're not seeing with our physical eyes. There would be a sense and awareness. Now and then, God opens someone's spiritual eyes. It's happened while I've been preaching in my past. I've had people, many people over the years come to me and say, Pastor, while you were preaching, I saw a light above your head. And I'm not talking about that light. I've had people say to me, Pastor, while you were preaching, I saw an angel beside you. Someone told me once, Pastor, while you were preaching, I saw Jesus standing over you. And someone else said they saw one of God's angels holding me up while I was preaching. Wow. We know that angels have bodies according to the Bible. Now, it's not because they are unable to be seen that we don't see them. Listen to this carefully. It's because we're unable to see them. It's not the weakness of the angels, but the weakness of our flesh. And your spirit body is being fashioned here today. What is your spirit body? Well, one thing is it's your personal character. Let's suppose that I'm preaching next Sunday morning and God let us see our souls through a spiritual sense. I'm, in, I'm afraid in many cases it wouldn't look too good if we came here and God decides to let, the, let us see our souls. And so now all of a sudden, just bear with me for this. We're all sitting here in our spirit bodies and not in our flesh. And God peeled back and let us see our spirit bodies. I don't mean to sound weird and I don't mean to sound condemning in any way. But we might, we might be pretty frail in our spirit bodies. We might be pretty immature. Our feet may be dangling and not hitting the floor. One of these days, your physical body and mine is going to die. Well, not if Jesus comes first. Yeah, it's still going to die. Like I said before, your physical body, one way or another, is going down. And the only body that will be seen will be the one carrying our spirit. 
When our physical body is gone, the real you will still be alive. It will be your soul that is carrying your spirit. Every thought we meditate on helps form our unseen body. Now come on with me. Give me a few more minutes here, and we're going to wrap this up for today. But every thought we meditate on helps form our unseen body. Every word that we read helps to form the unseen body within us. Every television program we watch... Come on, I don't mean to sound old-fashioned here tonight or this morning, but I I think that bears needing to be said in the culture that we live in today. Every television program we watch forms the unseen body within us. Come on. We may not know it, but we're feeding the only body that will not die. Be careful what we allow to be fed into our soul. God is not pleased with foolishness and trash that we sometimes feed into our minds. We go on diets with our physical bodies because we want to look good, and I'm not against that. I'm on one right now. I've been on many in my life. It is a constant fight with this physical body, and many of you have a lot better shape than I have. I have a shape and you have a shape. Mine's round and yours is different. (laughs) And I'm not against you taking care of your physical body because your physical body does contain your soul and your spirit. This is the container, the, the dwelling, the tent, the tabernacle of the Lord. And we must take care of these bodies while we have them. And the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, he died so that we could be saved. He also died so that we could walk in healing in this life. And we could have healing manifest in our physical bodies. Don't get me wrong. But I'm trying to bring to bear today the understanding and the realization that we have another body. And if we're going to make our body which carries our soul attractive, how much more should we work to make our soul that is carrying our spirit attractive? When God looks upon us right now, he sees two bodies. When we enter heaven, the one that is called the soul is going to go with us. Our fleshly body goes back into the dirt. When our flesh comes off our soul, we're going to see the real us and we're going to enter heaven. Listen, we're going to enter heaven with the same spiritual growth level that we left the earth with. I'll just say it like this. If you're here today and you don't like shouting unto God with a voice of triumph and shouting your love for God and praising Him, you may not like it there. If you don't like singing the praises of God with different cultural groups here, you may not like it in heaven. When people say things like, singing and praising the Lord is just not my cup of tea, my thought is this get you a new cup of tea. Make your home a place where God lives. Make your music selection something that Jesus enjoys and wants to be with you and visit with you. If Jesus visited your video room at your home, will he enjoy your collection? Young people, if If the Lord visits your bedroom, would he enjoy what we have hanging on our walls? If God visited our savings account or our financial condition, would he be able to say, wow, 
you are being faithful to me. If God came into your family room and went through your magazines, would he love your reading materials? Are there sins? I know, I know we've all got it together. It's everyone else that needs to hear this message on the worldwide internet because we've got it together. But just in case there's one, are there sins in your life that you don't want anyone to know about? It may be in your mind, in your thought life. I know what it is to have thoughts come that I have to cast them out by getting my mind on heavenly things. Somebody said, well, pastor, I have crazy thoughts. Listen, a thought coming to your head is not a sin. It's what you do with the thought. Do you change your mind by getting your mind on the things of God or do you entertain and meditate on that junk? If I fed the flesh what it wanted, my spirit man would starve to death. But in denying the flesh, our spirits can soar. We cannot keep a thought from coming into our minds. But I encourage you, don't entertain thoughts that are not of God. Now, to conclude this morning, I want to ask you, if death would come to you today, what kind of level would you arrive in heaven? Now, this is an unusual message to start a series like this. But God is creating a hunger within us from his word to feed our souls. This will happen by listening to his Holy Spirit and asking him to take control. This morning, may we not only walk in our flesh, but may we walk in the Spirit and invite the Holy Spirit to guide us each day as we pray. I want to sing you a little chorus. Guys, I'm going to ask you not to put it on the screen till I sing it one time because I want them to concentrate on my lovely voice. <laughs> no, I, I just want you to hear it before you see it. When we pour into the body of the Spirit the things of God, we'll find that the things of the world, listen to this. When we pour into the body of the Spirit the things of God, we'll find that the things of the world will grow dim and the things of God will take on new meaning. Could, could, I, could I say to you that the things of this world need to grow dimmer in our life? And the things of God need to get brighter. I used to sing a little chorus that is so powerful. You know, there are some choruses that are very powerful in our lives. And I realize that half of you have never heard this one, and the other half are wondering why I haven't sung it before now. But it says this. Rod, come up here and help me. Why would I do this alone when I have you? <laughs> Let me get my vocal mic on here. Wonderful face. 
and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Now you get to help me sing it this morning. your hands towards the Lord as we pray in closing. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your sweet spirit, comforter, teacher, healer, God. Thank you that your spirit, like in the days of old before Jesus, is not just speaking to your prophets, but your Holy Spirit now lives within your people. We all have access daily to the power and the presence of your Spirit within us. Because Jesus came and ascended, we now have access. Lord, I pray that over this series, that these messages will not just be messages to increase our knowledge, But I pray these messages, Lord, will transform us because we've taken this knowledge, Lord, and we've applied it and we've prayed and we've sought you and we begin to feed our soul with manna from heaven. We become the godly people, the church that you died for. Change us, Lord. Let us think differently. Let us not be offended. Let us move in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Let us have the mind of Christ because we've applied ourselves daily to the word of the Lord. We pray for a mighty outpouring of your spirit in the days and weeks to come. And it be for your glory, not ours, Lord. I bless the people of God today. Let us go forth in the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Guest, if you're here, we hope you'll stop by the Guest Central. God bless you all. You're dismissed. We love you in the Lord.